0: Uh, yes, welcome once again, my friend, to Station B-O-B Where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being In life, love, and work I am your host, Dr. Rob And as always, I am excited, happy, enthusiastic, and ready To provide you with another good podcast. So I want to thank you once again my friend for tuning in. And I have a special podcast for you today. You know I said special but I'm going to say this. This podcast is more about food for thought. To give you something to think about. So after you listen to this podcast please. Tell a friend, tell a foe, tell everybody you know to download the podcast at Station B.O.B., where we provide content to make good people better and sad people glad. With that said, before I venture into my discussion about today's topic Which is There are four parenting styles Can you imagine that? There are actually These researchers and uh, I don't know if they're mental health therapists or, or just Generalist therapists But these researchers have come up And discovered that there are four parenting styles. You know, four styles, four ways that we tend to parent our children. And so, before I take a deep dive into those four parenting styles, I would like to share a few things about my understanding of children as it relates to my parenting style. But now also I wanna also my my parenting style I just want to note falls in between at least one and a half of the four parenting styles that I will be talking about. So what I'd like to say is that sometimes my wife and I are not the best parents we can be Now we're good parents But you know Giving your kids Everything they want Everything they ask for that That is not a sign Of a good parent So that's why I say that My wife and I Sometimes we are not the best parents We can be Because we have spoiled our children With all or most of the things they want, all the things they ask for, and sorry, that is just not the sign of a good parent. Simply because children cannot handle. They will, you know, it, we want to make our our children happy and everything, but children cannot handle. Getting everything they want Because when they do They lose their ever loving minds And so What my wife and I have discovered From this type of parenting Meaning Always giving the children what they want Always giving them what they ask for Not what they need But what they want And I have a uh, a 22-year-old, she's spoiled because she came up through this gardener system of loving your children. But right now, I'm talking about my 11-year-old son and my 9-year-old daughter, okay? And so, as I was saying, my wife and I, we, we have Talked about this type of parenting where we we realize that we tend to you know in, in 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 our mind and I'm sure in your mind you just want your children to be happy. So what do you do? You get them everything they ask for. Uh, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have this cotton ball? Mommy, can I have this dust? Would you buy me this dust floating around the mall? Uh, I want the dust. I want the dust floating around the mall. I want the dirt on the floor. Can I have the popcorn? The popcorn that somebody else spills with? Yes, yes, you can have that popcorn too. That is not a way to parent your child, because when you say yes. To everything And no to nothing Then What the result is Of that type of parenting is You get a spoiled brat Yeah that's right I said it You get a spoiled brat And I have two of them Actually three The 22 year old She's spoiled But she's away in her fourth year of college But she's a brat too, because she came up As I said earlier In this gardener system Of loving and spoiling Your children And I have to say right off the top Nothing spoiled is good Have you ever enjoyed A cup of spoiled milk Or what about spoiled meat Meat that is uh, Just went bad on you Have you ever barbecued and tasted a spoiled steak? Ooh, that sounds like stomach poisoning to me. And then I remember when I was young and I used to meet girls and they used to say, you know, they'd be attractive young ladies and they would say, well, I'm spoiled. What? Let me tell you something. Nothing spoiled is good. And again, that would include Spoiled milk is not good Spoiled meat is not good Spoiled girlfriends is not good And definitely Spoiled children are not good So What my wife and I have found Is that when you consistently say yes To your children And give your children, or our kids, I'll just keep it on me for right now. When you give your kids anything and everything they ask for, they become spoiled brats. And we have seen the development of that with our own children. And we are like, what? What have we done? And right off the top, we, we have come to realize that it is it is our fault. We cannot blame the children because they are children. And we could have said no. We could have said, yes, come on, just just keep going. Just stop asking for everything and looking at everything. We are in the mall looking for one or two specific things. We came to the mall to buy some drawers, to buy some underwear, not toys, not eight-pair sneakers, and so on, and so on, and so on. Yep. That's right, I said it. Because it has been a reality in my life. And probably in your house too. If you never say no, and most of the time you give your children everything they ask for. So, what Dr. Rob says about that is... Sometimes you have to say no to your children, even if you can afford to get them what they cry for. It is imperative that you strike a balance between yes and no. No, Cindy. No, Cameron. No, Madison, we are not doing that. We are not buying that. We are not, or you are not going there today. Because when you constantly and consistently say yes to your children, and then that day comes, or that time comes, when you may not have the funds, or you may not want to be bothered. I mean sometimes you're a parent, you you cannot tell me that sometimes you just don't want to be bothered because sometimes you can become so inundated with the wants and the needs of your own children that you're like ah I wish I had a grandmother or grandparents or grandfather to to let my children go spend a, a doggone month with their grandparents. Okay, sometimes parents need a break. All right, sometimes parents need a break. So when the time comes where you may not have funds or you just may not want to be bothered with what your children are asking you to do or with or with what they want, You have to say no to your child. And my wife and I, we have discovered, because we have said yes so much, when we say no, our children lose their ever-loving minds. And just like our children, I'm sure your children too, they they may yell, cry, act out, or all of the above, because they did not they did not get their way, therefore, parents, it is imperative that you strike a balance between yes and no in order to deflate your child's expectations. To get all that he or she asks for Let me tell you something Spoiled children Spoiled children are a no-no What say you about that? I said what? Yeah, that's a double you. That's a double. Wonk, 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 wonk. My children, your children, they need to know how to handle rejection. If you are not rejected sometimes, you may not learn how to get over being rejected. You know, there's a lot of men out there who are stalking and even sometimes taking drastic steps to get the attention of women that are not interested in them anymore because of their abusive ways. And so we need to learn and understand. That it's okay to be rejected. It's okay to say no to your children. And your children need to understand that it's okay. Everything's going to be alright. Just because you did not get that app today or that whatever you requested or you demanded from your parents. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow is another day. And if you do not say no as a parent, your children may not grow as individuals understanding that everything in life is not going to be decided or or is not going to go in their favor. Therefore, our children... Our children need to be able to handle rejection. So the next time your child asks for something you can do for them, just for no reason at all, say no. And begin the process to strike a balance with your child or children between Yes and no So you can help them grow To become well balanced men and women Now with that said Let's talk about the four parenting styles And the pros and cons Related to them That may or may not Benefit your children And we'll pick up on the parenting styles After we return from the promo.
1: Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services. The place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner, Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B-O-B. Okay, welcome back, and thank
0: you for hanging with me tonight at Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts? Is there anything good about a spoiled child? I'm waiting Yeah, just like I figured Crickets I mean, we love our children And the worst thing we can do in our love for our children Is to spoil them But I think I've made my point In regard to Our children as spoiled brats Now I want to turn to the, The topic of the show that there are four types of parenting styles. And each of these parenting styles have effects on your children. Now, mind you, I am not trying to bind any parent and lock you in on any one of these particular parenting styles. But the truth of the matter is, For many of us as parents, we tend to parent along the lines that are delineated in these four parenting styles. And I will say for me, I am at least, my parenting style falls within at least one and a half of these four different parenting styles. So, without further delay, let me just... You know, roll on into these four types of parenting styles and their effects on your children. So the question to you is, what is your parenting style? Your parenting style can affect everything from how much your child weighs to how he or she feels about herself, this is important to know. it's important to ensure that your parenting style is supporting healthy healthy growth and development because the way you interact with your child and how you discipline he or she will influence your child for the rest of their lives and this is this is based on what reach what researchers say. And researchers have identified four types of parenting styles. The first being authoritarian. The next is authoritative. And after that, we have permissive. And after that, we have uninvolved, which used to be called laissez-faire. Same thing. It means hands-off, the parent is not involved. And so this is you know I say this this podcast really is about food for thought regarding you know you as a parent and I meet so many women who who just want to have kids. Oh, I got to have a kid. I want children. I want children. And you know like the rest of us before we had children they know nothing about really what it takes. To be a parent So with that said Let's let's talk about the four parenting styles The first being The authoritarian parent And let me know if any of these statements Sound that like you You believe kids should be seen And not heard This is the authoritarian Parent When it comes to rules You believe it's my way Or the highway Now I'd like to say that I have three children And in the early Days of my parenting With my first child That was my That was my approach I mean I'm a nice guy but I just kind of had the idea that You know, I am D -D -D Y, and you do what I say. Like my father used to say, he used to say, Rob, is my way or the highway? And so for many of us, we parent the way we were parented. And so sometimes... There's a fifth parenting style And that is the style that you may have acquired From the way that your parent parented you So continuing on with the Components of the authoritarian parent You don't take your child's feelings into consideration Wow As a parent you must remember that children are Are people too They're just not little people That you teach how to have manners You teach how to sit up at the table You teach them to do whatever you teach them Children are people too And this fourth component says That authoritarian parents Says you don't take your child's feelings Into consideration Oh my god That's pretty serious so, if any of these things ring true, you might be an authoritarian parent. Authoritarian parents believe kids should follow the rules without exception. Yeah, that's right. You do what I said because I said it. God damn it. That's how, that's how the parents used to talk when I was growing up. You do what I say, God damn it. Author, authoritarian parents are famous for saying Because I said so See that's what I'm talking about When a child questions the, the reasons behind the rule they Authoritarian parents are not interested in negotiating And their focus is on obedience They also don't allow Their kids to get involved In problem solving challenges Or obstacles Instead they make the rules My way Or the highway That's what my father used to tell me Rob is my way Or the highway And these type of parents Enforce the consequences With little regard For a child's opinion I want you to remember here That children Our people too And the things we do to our children As children Is a part of their formative years And what we do to them Is their view, their vision That becomes a part of their life And what you do to your children They may do to to their children Authoritarian parents may use punishments instead of discipline. Let me just say this: I, you know, I punishments. Wow, and discipline. I'll talk about my the way I discipline my children in a minute. So let me just repeat that: authoritarian. Author, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Authoritary. Why am I having so much trouble with this word? Authoritarian parents may use punishments instead of discipline So rather than teach a child how to make a better choice They're interested in making kids feel sorry for their mistakes Children who grow up with strict authoritarian parents Tend to follow rules much of the time But their obedience comes at a price Children of authoritarian parents are at a higher risk of developing self-esteem problems because their values, I'm sorry, because their opinions are not valued. And see, you know, for children, I'll tell you straight up as a therapist, for children, the first step into life, into standing up to bullies, into believing in oneself is to have good self-esteem. And so what this research is showing that if you, if your parenting style follows or mimics the elements that I have just described to you, then your children are at a higher risk of of developing self-esteem problems because their opinions are not valued. And you want your children, I can understand you want your children to listen to you to be obedient, but you don't want to smother them and kill, you don't want to kill the self and the self-esteem of your children they need to children need to have good self esteem in addition they may also become hostile or, or aggressive rather than think about how to do things better in the future they often focus on the anger they feel towards their parents because authoritarian parents tend to tend to be a little meaner than the average parent And since authoritarian parents are often strict, their children may grow up to become liars in an effort to avoid punishment. And I can say firsthand, I'm gonna tell you firsthand, I can I can speak to the fact that there is much truth in that. Because my first daughter, her mother was an authoritarian parent. That was her style. Very punitive, you know, looking. I mean, no TV, just bologna sandwiches and and warm water, okay? And let me tell you something. My daughter, the oldest one, has become somewhat of a teller of untruths, an a.k.a. a liar, because she grew up in an environment where she had to tell lies in order to avoid punishment. So think about that, when you are coming down hard on your children because you are the mother or father. Picture that. Think about this. You know, we raise our children. They all they are our children for a minute, but once they become thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, then they start making up their own minds, and 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 they want to do their own things. And so, you know, our our children. Are, we don't own them. I mean, we pay for them, we take care of them, we feed them, we raise them, we teach them. But these are children are people too And they are going to grow up And move out into the world And so you need to understand that That these are not your personal possessions Okay My 22 year old daughter She let me know Listen dude You may have taught me Most of the things I know But that does not matter anymore Because I At 22, know everything. And if you have a 22, 23, 24-year-old child, even a 15 or 16-year-old child, you know that they start to think that they know everything. So moving right along, the authoritative parent Let's see if any of these statements sound like you. You put a lot of effort into creating and maintaining a positive relationship with your child. You explain the reasons behind your rules. You enforce rules and give consequences, but take your child's feelings into consideration. If those statements sound familiar, you may be an authoritative parent. And authoritative parents... They have rules, and they use consequences, but they also take their children's opinions into account. They validate their children's feelings while also making it clear that the adults are ultimately in charge. Now, this is my parenting style, and I believe it's the parenting style of my wife's as well, although we both venture You know, we both kind of, I mean, at least early in our parenting lives, we I think, you know, me more so than my wife ventured into that authoritarian parenting style because I believed, you know, I didn't negotiate with children. You know, my father used to tell me, Rob, it's my way or the highway. And so you parent sometimes. How you were parented. And so I kind of early on in my parenting development, I parented with that same it's my way or the highway. But that I have evolved and come a long way. And to be honest with you, them spankings and that strict punishment, that don't do a doggone thing to turn your kids around. Once again, kids are people too. So we need to talk to our children. We need to hug our children. We need to encourage our children. And by golly, our children will, they will push the envelope to the point where you want, you want to do something drastic. But in the end, you got to, you got to hug them, love them, and. Dig deep and have the patience of Job. Okay, so moving right along. Authoritative parents invest time and energy into parenting behavior problems before they start. They also use positive discipline strategies to enforce positive behavior like praise and reward systems. Let me tell you, my 22-year-old daughter, what the way I used to I don't I don't even like to use the word punish. Well, I my system of punish was what I call corrective action. I wanted to correct her behavior, and one of the ways I used to correct My daughter's behavior is when, I mean, she wasn't much trouble other than being disrespectful, hard-headed, and all the other things that come along with these adolescents. It's not even millennial behavior. This is just the behavior of children because I behaved the same way as a 15, 16, 17-year-old when I was growing up. So this is not a millennial thing. This is a a teenage-adolescent thing. But anyway, when I had to apply some corrective action with my daughter, I would uh have her read. I, you know, as an African American, you know, our children don't know our history the way we should. So one of the ways I dealt with her is I had a book on African American history, you know, that went back to the abduction of Africans in Africa, all the way up to history in its current form, right up to President Barack Obama. And I would have her select a chapter or two of her choice. She had to pick the chapter. And that way I knew if she picked the chapter, she would be more inclined to read what, She was required to read And then also she had to read And then write a a two or three page Composition on what she read And select five to ten Vocabulary words Words that she did not know The meaning of And use them in a sentence And once she completed that assignment Then she was back on the street Doing her thing That's, that's, That's how I dealt with her So let me just continue on Researchers have found that kids who have authoritative parents are most likely to become more responsible adults who feel comfortable in expressing their opinion. Remember, kids are people too. Children raised with authoritative discipline tend to be happy and successful. They are also more likely to to be good at making decisions and evaluating safety risks on their own. And with that said, I'm going to step aside, let a promo in, and we'll pick up this discussion on the other side of the break.
1: Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books, You will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show.
0: All right, welcome back. You know, I think this is a good time to, uh, to laugh. I have moved away from my laughter segment. But let me tell you something. When you are raising children, children, they say the darndest things and they will make you laugh. So take a minute to think about your children and the kind of things they do to make you laugh because I'd I like to take a time out just to laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I think laughter is so important as I once, you know, I, I think my true calling in life was to be a comedian. I have always been a funny guy. And, um, you know, I, I thought we should take a, a minute, a second to laugh because when I think about my 11-year-old son, Isaiah. You know, he is approaching that pre-teenage age. And he is really flirting with the that whole you know adolescent disrespectful thing he's already you know standing up to me and and talking just talking a bit too much. He reminds me of his sister, the one in college she by the time she turned fourteen, she had lost her mind and forgot. That I taught her everything she knew, how to ride a bike, how to swim, how to love herself, how to be confident, how to sit up straight at the table, how to count money, how to dress, how to put lotion on her legs. I can, you know, just on and on and on. And I have to tell you, parents, especially if you're a new parent, your children will lose their mind. Somewhere around the age of twelve ish, thirteen, by fourteen they gone. They know it all. And then, you know, let me just say this about my daughter. And she used to we when she was seven, eight, nine, and we'd drive up and down the highway. She was such a communicator. We would talk and laugh. After she got to high school, you know, ninth, 11th grade, everything I asked her, no, good. Come on, Dad, I already answered that. No, good, good. They revert revert to the one word answers. I mean, I, I think my my children, my daughter, spoke more when she was a baby. When she couldn't speak Than she did as a teenager Oh my god They stop talking to you They stop sharing with you Once they become 14, 15, 16 17 The answers are No, no, no Good, good Come on dad Why you keep asking me that So I'm just trying to let you know Hmm, I'm just trying to let you know what's to come If you don't know already So to keep it moving Let's move to the permissive parent Let me know if any of these statements sound like you You set rules but rarely enforce them You don't give out consequences very often You You think your child will learn best With little interference from you Do those statements sound familiar? You might if they do you might be a permissive parent in other words permissive parents are lenient they often only step in when there's a serious problem they they're very forgiving and they adopt an attitude that kids will be kids and when you do when you do this you may not Stick to the consequences that you originally tried to apply to a situation you know they you might invoke some some corrective action, and then your child might beg you know they may beg you to allow them to to get off the hook and they promise that they will be good. You see for early parents, you usually take on. More of a friendship type of role With your children and, and these type of parents The friendship parent The permissive parent Often encourages their children To talk with them about their problems But they usually don't put much much effort Into discouraging poor choices Or bad behavior Children who grow up with permissive parents Are more likely to struggle academically and they may exhibit behavioral problems as they don't appreciate authority and rules usually children that grow up with permissive parents or raised by permissive parents they often have low self-esteem and they may you know report being sad a lot These children who are raised by permissive parents are at higher risk for health problems like obesity because permissive parents struggle to limit junk food intake. They are even more likely to have dental cavities because permissive parents often don't enforce good habits like ensuring a child brushes his teeth. Well, I have to tell you, My wife and I, we are enforcing the brush your teeth rule every day after most of the meals and junk that our children eat. And so it's important to, you know, this is just really, I'm just providing these parenting styles as food for thought. I cannot tell you how to parent. I'm just basically trying to shed some light to enlighten you on some of the ramifications and some of the outcomes that we don't see at first. Because these things don't, you know, they just seem regular. They seem normal because this is the way you run your household. But what we do with our children, what we do to our children, what we do for our children All of these things have some type of impact Either an adverse impact or a positive impact on our children And so this is food for thought So that you can become more self-aware More aware of what it takes To raise the children that you gave birth to Now, last but not least, you know, we usually say we save the best for last, but this is not the best example of a parenting style, and that would be the uninvolved parent. And let me know if any of these statements sound familiar to you. You don't ask your child about school or homework. You rarely know where your child is or who he or she is with. You don't spend much time with your child. If these statements sound familiar to you, then you might be what they call an uninvolved parent. Or back in the day, they used to say, this is a laissez-faire parenting style. You know, when you it's typically totally hands-off. Your children, are, they're raising themselves. You might put some food, you know, on top of the stove or on the table for them to eat. But you're not eating with them. You're not talking to them about table manners, sitting up straight, or teaching them how to cut a steak. Uninvolved parents tend to have little knowledge of what their children are doing. and They tend to have few rules. Children may not receive much guidance, nurturing, or parenting attention. Uninvolved parents expect children to raise themselves Can you imagine that? That's like a stray dog or alley cat Out on the street looking for food Looking for people to be with Looking for something to do Because their own parents who You know Conceived them Gave birth to them Have nothing to do with them The uninvolved parent These type of parents don't devote much time or energy into meeting children's or their children's basic needs. Uninvolved parents may be neglectful, but it's not always intentional. A parent with mental health issues or substance abuse problems, for example, may not be able to care for a child's physical or emotional needs on a consistent basis. At other times, uninvolved parents lack knowledge about child development and sometimes they're simply overwhelmed with other problems like work, paying bills, and managing a household. Children with uninvolved parents are likely to struggle with self-esteem. Here again, we have another parenting style that adversely impacts your child's self-esteem. And I have to tell you, as a therapist, self-esteem, your child's self-esteem, if you give your child nothing else, you should work with them on improving their self-esteem. Because a child with good self-esteem may not be bullied. A child with good self-esteem May not be a bully. A child with good self-esteem may tend to lead and not follow. A child with good self-esteem may tend to make his or own decisions that are good, that are positive. A child with good self-esteem tends to care more about himself or herself And so we don't want to adopt or practice parenting styles that diminish the self-esteem of our children because I'm going to tell you in the beginning and in the end, children with good self-esteem tend to do better, feel better, and achieve more. And so, children who grow up under the auspicious auspices of a permissive parent, they tend to perform poorly in school, exhibit frequent behavior problems, and rank low in happiness. You hear that? Rank low in happiness. and a, And a child that is not happy is a child with poor self esteem, and with that said, I want to thank you, my friend, for riding with me once again on this podcast. Hopefully you learn something new you'll learn something that would behoove you as a parent, and remember you are not going to just Have a good day You know how people say Have a good day Rob Have a good day Mike Have a good day Cindy No, no, no You're not just gonna have a good day You have to make it a good day And when things go wrong As they sometimes will Don't you ever, ever, never quit And as always, remember Love is an action, not a word And it's not supposed to hurt. And remember, you can get my podcast anywhere you get your other podcasts from. Thank you so much for riding with me today. And until the next time we meet, don't hurt nobody. Peace. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org to learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.